Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, motherhood, and perfect poly all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. As we head into another year, we can't help but talk about how every year without fail, especially in my adult years, this didn't apply when I was, you know, a teen and college student. But in my adult years, I would say, almost like clockwork, I do commit, whether I follow through or not is a different story, but I do commit on an annual basis at the new year to being more healthy, aka losing weight. Because as I've been very honest about, I don't diet because I want to be healthy. I diet because I want to lose weight. And I know that that's not necessarily the right approach. (laughs) But I can't help it because I am chained to that number on the scale. And I'd like to break free from that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe because we were in a profession for so long between the Mm -hmm. two of us, how many years, almost 40 years between the two of us that we lived, I had to get weighed in. Like let that marinate. Like for a job, I had to send a consultant (laughs) what I weighed and you bet your ass I lied. (laughs) I was like, that get off my crazy. Get off my back. I'm eating these tater tots. I mean, like, so we are so trained. I mean, like we've discussed this before. At one point in my career, I was abusing laxatives. Have you ever taken a oh laxative? And like what it no, does. I can only imagine. But no, is, you're right. Because you were we were living in an, an extreme judgment, extreme circumstances. Yes. But and here's what I just I we've talked about this. I vividly remember going on one of those chat rooms back before social media, when chat rooms were the only way you could sort of connect with like-minded people. In our case, in the TV industry, I was in one of those chat rooms. And I remember multiple women getting on there saying the only way they landed that second job or got that promotion within their current employer, it had nothing to do with performance, competence. It was always weight or looks driven. So they would say, yeah, I lost 10 pounds and then I got moved to a better anchor chair. I lost 10 pounds and then that station management now paid attention to me. And I remember thinking, yeah, you know, that's it. If I could just lose 10 more pounds, they'll really like me. They'll like me to quote Sally Field. So, I mean, it's crazy how so much of our self-worth was tied to our weight. And I left one time between the morning and noon news to go weigh in at Weight Watchers, which I'm a lifetime Weight Watchers member. And I have roller coaster, you know, completely swung up and down the chain of weight in that program. But I remember leaving work and I ran into the station bathroom and changed into a t-shirt, like a wife beater and boxer shorts so I could be as light as possible. And then I ran to Weight Watchers to weigh in. And then I came back and then changed into my anchor attire for the noon news. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy the lengths that you and I have had to go to to feel valued, feel valued, to make ourselves feel that we were acceptable. Right. And knowing that consultants and managers and supervisors would watch us in the production booth and have conversations about Mm -hmm. our appearance and weight, about our weight. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I have never worked 
for anyone who would be on the cover of GQ. And I don't mean (laughs) that disrespectfully. I'm just trying to say, like, it's, I would just think about that. Mm -hmm. Think about that. For those of you listening, if you're a teacher, a nurse, if you work inside the home, think about what, no matter what you do, okay, and you put your heart and soul into your profession or your passion, okay, and at the end of the day, you get called into someone's office and say, what are you eating? I feel like you're going off track a bit. So like that happened. Those are actual <laughs> words. Those are actual, like where you can't, you know, we talked about Tara and I in this podcast, we've talked about how excited we would get on like election night when it was pizza oh night gosh. or they would bring, it was the Thanksgiving party or the Christmas foods, you mm-hmm. know, I was always given a salad. I would sneak. Uh, and it was like these passive aggressive, they're passive aggressive, like, you know, like, you know, digs at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you oh, know, totally. oh, recently totally. there, the, recently somebody, you know, things got back to me and someone said, you know, well, so-and-so says that like that never happened. Well, you know what? I have every email to prove it. I have every email to prove it. I've saved, I have screenshots of text messages that were sent to me from former managers that would comment on my weight. So yeah, I have a very unhealthy obsession with food and counting and tracking. And so I am I. thankful. So my dear friend, Christy, who you know, she owns Rock Gym. She is yes. adamant, adamant. And this is why this is why I support that gym and will always support that gym. Because she's like, do not deprive yourself. Because when you deprive yourself, you're then you're going to go and binge. That's right. So if you want the tater tot, have the tater tot. Just maybe not have two, three plates of them. So, and that's what I like. I would walk in the gym, like the one, like every morning I'd be like, I only had five tater tots last night. And she would start laughing. She's like, I'm so proud of you because that's not, you're supposed to be enjoying all of the things, but working in that business literally ruined me in more ways than mm-hmm. one. The biggest thing was how I look at myself, how I think about food or weight and the number on the scale. And I mean, it's, it's awful. And like you, you can sit here, you and I both have thick skin. We, I mean, we're, we're pretty tough women. We don't take a lot of stuff from anybody. However, when you are constantly being judged, not only by viewers who don't know you personally, but by people who you work with solely based on your appearance, Mm -hmm. that scars you, that scars you. And there's no going back. You can never take that back. You can, and I, and I remember. And, oh, go and, I'm, ahead. and I'm like, that's why I think I'm so bitter and I'm so pissed because I allowed that to happen for so long, so long. I allowed yeah, but it. it wasn't so much that you allowed it. It was we were within an industry where that was somewhat of an expected element of working in a looks-driven position. So I mean, it's sad because it's almost like those managers were just falling in line with how the industry had really ultimately when it embraced women in, you know, I guess more pivotal leadership roles and so far as taking anchor seats. So began (laughs) the gender disparity and how they could condition and control that. And so I think for us, it was almost like, Hey, if we're giving you this chance to be up here with the men you better be skinny and look the part. I mean, think about that. (laughs) That's how crazy it is. Like, here's the conditions to be in the the boys club. You know, you've got to be hazed and we're going to tell you that you need to lose some weight. I remember 
when I was pregnant with Charlotte, and I've been very open about enjoying every single bite of gaining 85 pounds. Now, now, mind yes, you, girl. when I got married, I was down to my high school weight of 138 pounds, which for being 5'11 is that's, like anorexic. That's too yeah. thin. That's, yeah, so, tiny. so that's crazy that I was even that thin. But part of it was this, you know, again, in my 30s, this obsession with, okay, I need to stay thin because I'm aging out of an industry mm -hmm. where most of the women are in their 20s. And so, I mean, I remember being like a stick and then having a coworker say to me that this girl that came on one time, our new news interview guest, who, interesting story, there is a guy locally who works in the insurance industry, his sister is Michelle Monaghan, who co-starred with Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Yeah. So she's an Iowa, you know, celebrity. And she is a, a really nice, down-to-earth person who was willing to come in and do an, an interview when she was back in the area on our local news. Well, after she was on the news, one of my coworkers said she was so thin, you know, and mm. I just remember it bothered me because it was like, okay, and what am I, chopped liver over here? Because I was so thin, but it was almost right. like he was saying to me, like, wow, she's she's really, you know, that's how celebrities are supposed to look. She's really thin, <laughs> you know? And she was, she was such a petite person and very slender. And so here's me like thinking, okay, again, being 5'11 and having more of a shape to my build, it was almost like I had to overcompensate for my height and oh, well, you better be really, really skinny because you're so big, you're tall, you're taller than some of your male male coworkers. And I made the mistake of telling one of the managers that after gaining, when I was on the march to gain 85 pounds, and I had gained a ton of weight at that point, but I was only midway through my pregnancy, I made the mistake of saying to some of my coworkers and in front of a manager, yeah, they they told me like, I've, I've already gained more than enough weight. And then they just kind of had that look on their face like, oh, we don't want to say anything derogatory to a pregnant woman. But they were thinking, wow, you've really, you know, gone off the rails. And it was true. Like, I didn't care. I just got bigger, 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 bigger. And then I received, as you did, the hate mail, the, mm -hmm. the you know, you look really uncomfortable you aren't even wearing your wedding ring anymore. No, because my hands are so fat, I had to wear it around my neck and <laughs> on a chain. And and the thing that was really the most demeaning is how people were mad that I didn't have, that my clothes were ill-fitting. Yeah, they are ill-fitting because <sighs> I gained 85 pounds and I started with a wardrobe for a person who weighed 140 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the money nor did the maternity clothes that were affordable exist at the time. The Lycra and the Target section didn't exist like it does today. So I just wasn't able to really find clothes to accommodate what had turned into a very large pregnant body. And so I think that was the other disheartening thing is how women, whereas you might think they would embrace and respect, isn't it cool that an employer allows a woman to still do her job and be pregnant, it was no, you look fat and we don't like how you look for, you know, your, your fashion isn't up to par when you're pregnant. And, and, and who died and made you like the fashion critic for Vogue? I mean, that's what kills me is like you said, many of the people that are your worst critics, if their photo 
you know, was flashed up on the evening news, they might be mistaken for being, um, it might be mistaken for being a mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? Because it is. Because first of all, you don't even realize how much makeup we had to wear to even look half presentable. So Mm -hmm. pop yourself on a a HD, see how you feel about your, you know what I mean? So it's, for me, I was always like, who are these people who were messaging and emailing? I mean, like, are you kidding me? I mean, that, that my is husband would never, <laughs> I gained 90 pounds with every single child. That's not 90 total at, with four kids. That's nine, that's 360 pounds <laughs> that I've gained with having, being pregnant. Okay. Gaining it, losing it, gaining it, losing it. Like, mm-hmm. because I enjoyed it. I, I literally shouldn't have named my child, my children after menu items at Taco Bell. <laughs> like this is my daughter Chalupa. This is Nachos Grande because I crushed Taco <laughs> Bell. I kept them in business. So I remember when I went to North Carolina, you know, Gia, our oldest was two. I'm there for like a month and I find out that I'm pregnant and it was, I mean, it was like they were going into the war room, you know, in, in, in DC. It was, they had consultants were flown in and they had uh, the general manager come in and then the vice president of the company cut, fly down and all this crazy because what were they going to do? Their wow. new anchor just got pregnant and her appearance was going to change. That was their concern. <laughs> it had nothing to do that I was going to miss, t- miss time later and take a maternity leave. They were concerned about my appearance. So oh, they sure. slid me the card of a nutritionist. Oh my God. Who told me <laughs> because I was forced to call and I did. And it was, I mean, there was no like gun to my head. I called because, Oh, I was nervous. Am I going to lose of my course. job over this? I of literally course. was nervous. So I was going to do whatever I had to do to keep my job. I was nervous. And this, we're, we're, ta- we're in the 21st century now, y'all like, come on. So she tells me, so I have to go meet with her. And she grabs her fist and she says, you should eat no more than this of any food during a meal and only three meals a day. And I stared at her. (laughs) It was like this blank, dead ass expression. I looked at her and I'm like, do you know me? I don't even, I eat more than a fist when I'm not pregnant. And she started going on, you know, you're not eating for two. That's not what this is about. And I mean, it was, so then I became defiant. I became defiant because I was, I was literally, I was so angry because I'm thinking, wait a minute, no, 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 no. Because my co-anchor was not slim. He wasn't even fit. We've discussed this man before, <laughs> you know, and he, he was, he was a, not a nice person to me. Okay. And he was not fit. So I would go and there was this awesome, um, deli called McAllister's. Oh yes. And Tara. I know it. Oh yes. They had that, the double baked potato. So basically it was two baked potatoes fused together and I would eat that thing every night with chili and cheese and jalapenos. So I ate two monster potatoes every single night. But in my head, I'm thinking, well, it's a, this is here, here's the healthy food I'm going to eat. I'm eating a potato. (laughs) They, the general manager would stay at the newsroom and, and she, a woman would walk in. Did you get that meal cleared? Oh my gosh. I have Seriously. never wanted, yeah, I never wanted to drop kick somebody so much in my life. I just continue to stare at her as I shoveled the potato in my mouth, chili and cheese all coming down my chin. Like I didn't care, <laughs> but that's it. Like I, it's, it, it but blows it's, my this mind. Is this, this is the part that's sick is that you then 
could not enjoy Mm -mm. the pregnancy and just the whole celebratory mood that one can embrace when you're on that march to the gift, the most incredible gift of having another child. It's like it it was tempered by this feeling that you're doing something wrong when in fact you you just simply were not and had every right Yes. I mean, it's crazy, and the pressure, but that's and how we were conditioned to think, so that, conditioned. to feel guilty, so, to feel guilty. Exactly. And so while I should have been sleeping and everybody who's had a baby knows the, 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 the nighttime routine, I never woke my husband up in the middle of the night because I was breastfeeding. And so what am I going to wake him up so he could stare at me? Like, no, I, <laughs> that was my time to enjoy the, the bonding with my mm-hmm. child. But then when I was finding myself doing, rather than sleeping, when the kiddos would sleep, during the day, I was on the treadmill. I was on the elliptical. Oh I was working out too hard, too fast, and I was not eating. So because I wasn't eating, because I was so concerned about getting back on that desk in the shape that I needed to be in, I, w- I wasn't getting enough calories in. So then, therefore, I wasn't producing enough milk. Hmm. So, I mean, there were so many, like the domino effect mm-hmm. was right, right. massive. Oh, massive. And, and this is something that we've been honest about you and I over the years, we've tried, you name the diet, you Uh. name the workout program, we've probably done it. And for me, I was very public about it because I did some of these programs in exchange for blogging about them. So you name, you know, the extreme fitness program, I've done it. And same with dieting. So I think what I've learned, it took me a lot of (laughs) trial and error before I wisened up, I don't post a before and after picture on Facebook. I don't share with friends and family and acquaintances that I've figured it out and I have the magic bullet because I know myself so well that just as I can drop 30 pounds, I can gain back 50 pounds like it's nothing, like breathing air. And so, so I have to be careful because I never want people to think like, oh, just because I've lost, you know, weight or because I seemingly can, you know, put social media images out there as, as we all do, that sort of our best face forward. I, I'm never going to have it figured out and it's going to be a lifelong struggle for me. And, and regardless of your size, if you come from families like we do, where food has always been a driving part of entertainment one and two if you had any kind of occupation like we did where so much focus was on your appearance it's it's very hard mentally to get into a place where you can get beyond that and so for me i look at my parents okay here's my mom she's 75 years old and she just rejoined jenny craig and so then i have to sit there and think about that and i'm like okay again She's nowhere near as heavy now as she was in the peak of her most stressful working years. That's when she was at her heaviest, when her job was the most stressful. So upon retirement Mm -hmm. at 58, she actually had never been thinner. But then now in her 70s, she still says, hey, I'm not in control of the eating. I need to cut back. So I'm joining Jenny Craig. And so then I'm going, okay, here's me in my 40s. I'll still be dieting in my 70s, mm-hmm. Lord willing, because that's the cycle that we're on. Like, it's going to be a lifelong struggle when food for me is my entertainment. I love to eat. Oh, I, I me too. 
I have too much Italian blood in my body. Of course I love to eat. <laughs> I want to get off of this crazy merry-go-round of um, staring at like counting, you know, counting calories. I want to enjoy food. It's, you know, I enjoy, I, I, I do enjoy going to the gym. I do enjoy a good workout. Um, I started, you know, running again. And for me, like I used to love running and then I hated it. I'm like, why did I ever like this? But it's for me, I take that hour and I go into my little workout room I have at the house, get on the treadmill. I put like a really good documentary on and then I just go. Now I run like a sloth in peanut butter. I am certainly... <laughs> I am not crossing any finish lines at the New York City Marathon by any means. But for me, it's just therapy. But it's on my own terms. I'm not trying to like wear a Brazilian cut two-piece, you know, up at Lost Island in the summer. I'm not. Because you know what? My body shape is not, I would never be comfortable. I admire all the women who can do it. I just want to dress effortlessly. I want to get dressed and not worry about, is someone going to take a picture, a random picture of me and post it from my bad side? Am I going to have to worry about my bingo arms? Like I just want to take, I need to work on the doubt that I have that was put in my head mm -hmm. from those 20 years in that business. I mean, because at the end of the day, because that's what all we were judged on. We've talked about it that over and true. over, but I don't think people will ever understand. Tara and I are... Very intelligent women. I'm going to own that. We are very intelligent women. We were damn good journalists. We won major awards. It did not matter. It didn't matter. All that mattered was that number on the scale. All that mattered was the way our hair looked. Mm -hmm. That's, That's it. True. So that is... That is PTSD. And I'm not, we, we have talked about that before. And we are certainly, certainly not, you know, trying to minimize it because, you know, of all of our soldiers and our law enforcement that, that suffer. This is PTSD as well, because it has completely changed the way we think. And it's not in a good way. No, no, it's, it's true. And I, I actually had a photographer say to me, and, and you'll find this interesting, what are you going to do when your looks fade? Mm. What are you going to do when you can't get your way because you can coerce people, you know, as a woman, like with your feminine ways? And I remember like re reflecting on that and I was thinking, you don't get it. I don't see myself as somebody who has this job for anything other than my abilities as a journalist, Bingo. my degree, how well I write, how well I can articulate important facts and pull them into clear and concise communication. That's what drove me to be in a job where, oh, guess what? I happened to be on television doing it. But it's so interesting because you and I never saw ourselves as people pursuing an industry where looks was a factor in our decision to pursue it. And so yeah. I think it's funny because as a byproduct, that's the assumption. That's the stereotype is, oh, she must think she's cute. She must think she's special mm -hmm. or she wouldn't be on TV. It's like, no, we had a lot of skills that aligned with a job that happened to thrust us into an environment where by default that became a focus. And that right. was not our intention or our ultimate goal or end game was to get mm -hmm. that approval 
from management, from a look standpoint, same with viewers. It was more about the content, the quality of our performance insofar as how we did as journalists. So I think that's the part that is surprising to people is you and I, we're not beauty queens. I have always been upfront about, I suck at hair and makeup. I mean, I, it took me years to get to a point where I actually felt like I semi could put on, you know, my face and the hair never, I never mastered that. In fact, I would have been better off like completely turning it over to other people, but we didn't have that luxury. We didn't have hair and makeup people at this low level market that we were in. Yeah. <laughs> low level, but yet expect it to look like Cindy Crawford every, every day. Yeah, but, right. The lighting know, in it, just the lighting alone was cheap. If, if they had was. had more expensive lighting, I guarantee you, I would have looked much our entire, a much softer focus. <laughs> our entire career, of course. Yeah. Do this, but you know, make make a miracle happen every day. Well, you know, there was only one person who could change water into wine. <laughs> so and I don't think, you know, I so we it's a good note to wrap up on because, you know, women especially, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You do you, do what's best for you. Eat the second piece of pie if you want it. You have nothing to prove to anybody. You be your no, best version true. of yourself. That's it. That's there. right. That's thank you for coming to our TED talk. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Make it a great week, everybody.